0: Welcome to the podcast, How to Market You and Your Business by Paul G. Walmsley. This podcast helps entrepreneurs and network marketing professionals create and market their brand so they attract customers and top quality people to their business. Each episode is jam-packed with real-life, battle-tested, cutting-edge marketing tips and strategies. So let's dive right in. Here's Paul.
1: Hello, this is Paul Walmsley and welcome to my podcast, How to Market You and Your Business. As always, I'm in my apartment in Beverly Hills, California, and today's guest is Mike Wolf and Mike's in Calgary, Canada. Is that how I would say it? Yeah, you got it right. All right, cool. I'll talk to Mike in a second about the big sporting event that's been going on there the last couple of weeks. Maybe he's been following it a little bit, but just want to give you all a recap of what this podcast is all about. My goal for the podcast is to help regular people like you and me, learn from regular people like you and me about how people are going about marketing themselves and their business. I interview network marketers, I interview small business owners, I interview entrepreneurs that have 17 different streams of income going at once. And I find people to interview through Facebook, through meetup groups, through personal friends, through my experience in network marketing or in small business and bring you a whole bunch of different people to learn from And it's fascinating as I've been conducting these interviews is that the same themes keep coming through over and over again. We don't reinvent the wheel each time we do the interviews and it's great to hear different people in their backgrounds dropping in the same kind of nuggets. And I'm sure this interview with Mike Wolf will be exactly the same. There'll be some great ones here. So a little bit of background, how I know Mike, and I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, Mike runs a meetup group here in Beverly Hills on the third Tuesday of every month. It's called Making a Difference. You can find it on Meetup, I'm sure, and also on Facebook. And what Mike does is wherever he is in the world, he always makes sure he gets back to Beverly Hills on the third Tuesday and hosts a get-together in a nice hotel, fire pit, glass of wine, and it's incredible the people, the quality of people that show up. I try and make it every single month. And every single time I go, I meet new people, cool people. We share ideas. It's fantastic. So first of all, Mike, I really want to thank you again for putting on that meetup
0: every month. Oh, it's truly a labor of love. I love being there and I get to hang out with great people like yourself. And it's absolutely my pleasure to do it. All right, cool. So Mike reminds me of,
1: and I'm going to reveal a little bit about him right now, my impression as well. So I've known Mike for about 18 months. I read the book years ago, The Millionaire Next Door. I'm sure you're familiar with that, Mike. Mm -hmm. And and it's a book that describes people who are successful and financially secure as people who live next door. And you probably wouldn't even know. They don't drive the big fancy car. They don't have the McMansion. They don't have all the trappings. They're regular people. And they just get on with what they're doing and they're very successful. And Mike will share his story in a bit. I don't want to spoil it for him. But Mike's obviously a very successful person. But when you meet him and you have a glass of wine with him, he's down to earth, helpful, no like, you know, look at me, everything I can do, all the money I've made in my life. He's there to help. And he's the kind of guy that will help you at any time he can. So I'm going to pass it over to you, Mike, if you just want to introduce yourself, share your story a little bit, and then we'll dive into uh, the questions.
0: Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show, Paula. It's an honor to be here. So I always appreciate you, and I love having you in the group and whatnot. So my story goes back, oh, probably about 25 years ago, and a little bit longer than that, actually. Let's go even further back. I remember I was in grade twelve and it was halfway through the year, and I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do the next year. I had not a clue. And you know, my parents were pushing me towards being a lawyer. And on the one hand, I thought, okay, well, you know, it sounds okay. It didn't really light me up, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So when it came to graduation time, I had to make a choice. I thought, okay, well, my parents say that's a good thing to do. Why don't I try it? So I went off to University of Calgary here in Canada where I live, and I got my first degree and managed to rack up a whole bunch of student loans and decided, you know what, before I go further with my education, I want to pay some of this stuff off. And so I had a friend whose mother was a manager at the phone company, and he got me on a job there, and it was unionized, and it was government, and so it paid really well. And the only problem was because it was union and I was a new guy there, I got all these really crappy shifts, and I'd be working these splits, meaning I'd go in at nine in the morning, work till noon, I'd have the afternoon off and then I'd come back at 6 p.m. and go till you know, 9 or 10 p.m. And so my entire day revolved around this job and it paid well. So I was grateful for that. But spending my entire day in an office didn't really uh, excite me too much. So the only good thing was we were allowed to trade shifts. And I was a night owl, as I still am. And so I'd always find the person with the latest shift and I'd go to them and say, "Hey, you know what? Can I trade you my split for your night shift?" And they'd always laugh at me. I'm not taking your split, but they said, "You know what? I've got something uh, to do that night. So if you got me a day shift, I would take that day shift off you." So I go and talk to 20 different people to get that person the shift that they wanted, so I get what I wanted. And it was kind of funny because nobody else, anybody else that scheduled these splits, could never get rid of them, and I could always get rid of them. So to make a long story short, everybody told me, "Mike, you got to go into sales. How do you get nobody else can get rid of these shifts? You you got to be a salesman." And so I never really considered myself a salesperson, nor do I even to this day, really, by the traditional sense of the word. But in any case, that kind of led me to not only not going to law school, but it got me into, uh, I decided if I'm going to get into sales, I might as well get into something expensive. And so I started to get into real estate. You know, I I started off as a realtor and I I liked it. It was good. But eventually I, I met with this one investor guy. and I saw what he was doing and that really inspired me. That was the first time in my life where I ever really knew what I wanted to do. And it just like, it's just like it clicked. And from then on, I found my passion. And that's what I wanted to do. And here I am, almost 25 years later, still doing the same thing. And, and now, in addition to doing you know, investing for myself in real estate, I also teach other people and help other people who want to create you know, passive income streams for themselves and how to create a lifestyle of freedom for themselves. And I show them how to do that, even if they don't have a lot of money to get started, because it's really a, a fallacy that you need all this money to get started in real estate. Totally untrue. So so anyway, I'm, I, I love what I do. And over the years, you know, I realized, I, I know you, you mentioned that I'm, I'm the, the guy next door type. Well, I wasn't always that way. There was a point where I got where when I first started to get successful, I had to have all the best toys. I had to have the fanciest car and the biggest house, the best TV, best stereo, And I went through a phase where I had to have all this stuff. And it got to a point where I realized, okay, I've got all this stuff, and I'm not really that happy. Like, I thought this was all going to make me happy, but it really doesn't. And it wasn't until I actually put all my stuff in storage, because I decided I was going to travel around the world. This time I was married. I had, uh, I'm not married anymore. But back then I was with my wife. I have my daughter, who at that time was in grade two. And I decided I wanted to kind of, I guess it's that eat, pray, love sort of story, where I wanted to kind of figure out what what made me happy, what excited me. And travel always was something on my bucket list I wanted to do. I got to the point where I could finally do it. And that was life-changing for me because I put all my stuff in storage that I thought was really, really important to me. And by the time I came back, I didn't want any of that stuff anymore. I realized that the stuff was that was important was the people that I met And seeing, you know, spending two years with my daughter uninterrupted, also seeing people in other parts of the world where they don't have uh, the material things that we do, yet they're a lot happier than we are. And a lot of them don't even know where their next meal is coming from, let alone their next paycheck. So, you know, I learned a lot. I discovered a lot about myself and became much more giving person when I came back. And like I said, I did not really want all that material stuff anymore. And it totally changed me. And I don't think I'd be what I am today had I not taken that trip. You know, nowadays, I, I spend most of my time on airplanes and in hotels. I'm a uh, uh, minimalist. I, I got rid of all the stuff. And I like to share the message that, you know, having these toys that often, especially, you know, starting entrepreneurs are starting out. That's what, that's what really inspires them. They want the money and they want, the, they want all the fancy stuff that a lot of times you get there and you realize that's not really what makes you happy. And so I'm really, what I really do is I teach people how to be happy.
1: When I first met Mike and he shared part of that story and I learned about his business, we're similar age. I'm 48. How old are you,
0: Mike? Just about 50. I'm 49.
1: All right. So yeah, similar age. So I looked at Mike and I was like, okay, Mike's exactly where I was supposed to be. I thought at 48, 49, I'd be financially secure I'd be able to travel the world. My bucket list is to travel the world to sporting events. So Wimbledon's on in London right now. So Wimbledon, it would be the World Cup in Canada this weekend. Watching that, it would be the Ashes Tour, the Open, the, the famous soccer games. And I met Mike and I'm like, I'd just been going through a divorce and rebooting my life as well. And I was like, wow, Mike's exactly where I thought I was going to be when I was 20 years old, looking at 40 and 50 years old. So it was great to meet Mike and so that's why I've you know, kept involved with him and learning from him because he's, he's got it right. And, and Mike's very humble. He won't share with you you know, his financial balance sheets, of course, but when he kind of lets it slip every now and then, his business, it's like, wow, this is incredible. So one thing that I know you do, Mike, that you're obsessed with is you focus on systems, correct? You have basically a machine that you've built that runs your business for you. Can you share a little bit of information on that?
0: Absolutely. Well, when I was younger, uh, this came out of necessity because when I was younger, I had a lot of properties that were generating revenue, but I was a guy who had to go collect the rent at the end of each month. That's kind of like buying a McDonald's franchise and then going and flipping burgers. You don't get into real estate investing to be the burger flipper of of real estate. You get in there, really the, the whole goal of any investment should be to create freedom for yourself, not to create a nightmare. And I see so many entrepreneurs, they build a business And they don't have the right systems in place and it relies on them so much. And when they try to step away from it, it falls apart. So they have to be there. And so it kind of does the opposite. You're really creating, I mean, you're your own boss, but you've created, you're still at a job, just a a, a much, sometimes a much worse job. So you bought yourself a job. Absolutely. And so, you know, what I've done over the years is I've put different people in place. And one of the one of the challenges we have as entrepreneurs is we tend to be micromanagers. We tend to think that nobody else can do what we do as well as we can. And we, we tend to want to have we we're control freaks. And that's just a, a typical trait of entrepreneurs, unfortunately. So I used to only invest here in Canada at one point, And then I found a really good opportunity in Las Vegas, probably going back seven, eight years ago now, quite a while back. And I was forced to now, uh, you know, let go of the reins to a certain extent because I couldn't be two places at the same time. And so at first, you know, I get property managers that would go collect my rent for me and pick the tenants and all that. And at first I'd have it where any little thing that happened, I'd have to know about it. I'd, I'd want them to call me and let me know, hey, you know what, the fridge is broken in, in this house. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, you know, I'm spending a good portion of my day taking phone calls, And I'm giving the same answer every single time. So if somebody, if a property manager phones and says the fridge is broken at 123 Main Street, there's never going to be a time where I say, oh, the tenant doesn't need a fridge. It's always going to be the same answer. Well, you know, see what it costs to fix it. If it's too much, then we'll replace it. It was the same answer every time. And so I I learned that, you know, by empowering the people on my teams, not only one, are they happier, but two, I I have a lot more free time. And, you know, despite the fact that I thought, you know, people are going to take advantage of me and this thing's going to happen and that thing's going to happen most people are are good and that's not their intention and they won't take advantage of you. And if it does happen once in a while, which I'm I'm sure it does once in a while, well, you know, it's just a cost of doing business and it's much better to have that free time and pay a little bit of extra money for that freedom than to micromanage everything. And so now I've really, over the years gone from being the micromanager type to being the king of delegation. And so one of the things I want to tell your, your listeners, whenever you're doing a minimum wage job within your business Stop. Get somebody else to do it. And stuff that you don't like, get other people to do it. You know, as kids, we're told that we can do anything we want. Practice makes perfect. Well, I disagree with that. We could, but I don't think that's a good use of our time. I think we're all given gifts. And if we nurture those gifts and, and share those gifts with the rest of the world, that's much more beneficial than trying to be, you know, a Mike or Paul of all trades. And so I've got systems for almost everything now. And a really good story. I was actually in in South America on vacation in September and only in Calgary where I lived, we get a freak snowstorm in September, Mm -hmm. but there was one and the snow was really, really heavy and all the leaves were still in the trees. So a lot of trees came crashing down in Calgary under the weight of the snow. And one of my rental properties Two trees were halfway on the property and halfway in the middle of the street. Now, back in the olden days, what that would have meant is me flying back early from South America to go deal with this. And what it did uh, mean this time is that I had a uh, email from my property manager saying, hey, nothing to worry about. I just wanted to show you uh, what's going on. I've got it all taken care of for you. But I just thought you might be interested in case you ever drive by and see there's some trees missing. You might (laughs) wonder what happened. And so not only did I not come back early, I decided I'm not going back to snow. And so I extended my trip. And so, you know, I have a lot more freedom now because of the different people that I put in in various positions. And I realized that there's people that are really good at things that I'm not very good at. And there's also people that enjoy things that I hate. And so it's just a matter of putting the right people in the right position and empowering them. And when you do that, they're going to stay with you a lot longer. They're going to feel like, hey, I get to use my brain and common sense instead of having to get permission to do everything. And it changes everything. And I can tell you that not only do I have a lot more freedom, I have a lot happier people on my team. I make more money. Sometimes I get, you get in the way. You think you're, you're helping things. You're actually getting in the way of how, th- you know, you're, you're getting in the way that people actually know how to handle certain situations better than you can. And so that's one of the lessons that I've learned. And I wish I would have learned it much earlier. So I hope some of your listeners take this to heart and put systems in as early as possible and do things that are congruent with your goal. If your goal is more free time to give back or spend more time with your family or travel more, whatever it is, only do things that are congruent with that. Don't take things on just because they they give you more money, but they're taking away from the things that you're trying to achieve, don't do them. That's really the big takeaway that I wish I had learned a long time ago.
1: Okay, so listening in now, uh, if you're driving in the car, walking the dog, working out at the gym, already you've got unbelievable value from what Mike just shared. There's so many nuggets there, and rewind and listen to it again, but just a few to summarize here because I'm chomping at the bit listening to this. So first thing that springs to mind is go out and buy the book, E-Myth from Michael Gerber, where he talks about don't work on, uh, in your business, work on your business, which is what Mike's saying. So that book is all about systems and making yourself redundant, putting yourself out of work, which is what Mike was saying there. So E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Secondly, as I'm listening to that, again, it's reemphasizing why I'm so happy to know you because I'm listening to your story going, man, just imagine being on a beach in South America and your whole business is running itself and you say, hey, I'm just going to stay a bit longer now. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's a good job. The thing I want to really focus on though is I know people are listening saying, well, that's okay for Mike if he has hundreds of properties and a whole business and 25 years of experience. But how am I going to do that that when I've got kind of two or three properties and I'm not making enough money, I don't think to Higher staff. Now, I know in your training courses, Mike, you'll get that question every time. Can you share a little bit of an insight on how you would overcome that situation?
0: Yeah, well, the bottom line is first of all, everybody starts somewhere. I started off buying my first revenue property 24 years ago and I had no money. I had student loans. So I didn't start off with millions of dollars in my bank account. But if I was smarter back then and knew then what I know now, if I would have put the systems in place in the first place and started to get the right, you know, if I, if I would have hired a property manager, even after that first property, instead, I could have been going out and, and learning new strategies. I could have been finding joint venture partners that would maybe put up the cash so I could, you know, create win-wins and I would go find the deals. They put up the cash. There's so many other things that I could have been doing that would have helped me get further along quicker. And so you don't, no, nobody starts off with, You know, 100 properties in their portfolio. Everybody starts off with zero and then they get to one. It gets easier as you go. And so let me explain that. In real estate, when you go from, let's say you have one property, trying to get that second property is is a pretty big jump still. You're you're usually going to have to save up some more money or find a JV partner, joint venture partner. When you get to 10 properties, getting property 11 is really simple because now you've got money coming in every month from 10 properties it doesn't take that long to save up a down payment. And once again, it also comes down to strategy. So one of my students yesterday was participating at an auction that, that took place in Houston, Texas, and it's called a tax deed auction. So I've got, once again, systems and I've got teams on the ground. So he, he lives in Calgary. He used my bid by proxy team in Houston to go to the auction on his behalf. He picked up a single family home for $11,000. So and this is he,
1: 2015. This is recording. This is not 30 years. It was 2000, I know it's
0: 2015. Yeah. So you now had he been saying, oh, well, you know, I got to go collect rent or I got to go paint a house. He would have missed this opportunity because he'd be busy doing a minimum wage job. So we all start somewhere. I would say for anybody, whether it be real estate investing or any entrepreneurial venture, keep learning, be a lifelong learner. One of my Lessons was when I was younger and I started to be successful. I I was a know-it-all and I had all the toys and I like I wouldn't say I, I wasn't necessarily a show-off, but you know I definitely wasn't as compassionate as I am today. Let's just say that I always right. if I looked at somebody who didn't have, I always thought, oh, well, they're just not working hard enough. Right. And sometimes when you get that attitude, sometimes the universe will hand you some lessons. And so I've had to rebuild a few times and uh, become much more compassionate as a result. But I've also learned how to do things smarter, more strategic. And I went from being a know-it-all to a learn-it-all. And and you know that I'm always going to Mm -hmm. to seminars and courses. And Mm -hmm. I'm always learning. And I love to learn from other people. So I'm not running that group just so I can teach. I learn from every single person in that group. Everybody's at a different place in their life. But everybody's got a different area of expertise. And so just always be be learning. Use your time as wisely as you can. And even from the start, get good habits. Do, Do the stuff imagine what you want your business to look like 10 years from now and only do stuff that's congruent with getting to that goal. And so that means empowering the right people. It doesn't have to be expensive. A lot of times you can get people to team up with you and if they believe in your message and what you're doing, they'll, they'll sometimes not even want money up front. They'll say, hey, you know what? I'll help you with this. And then when we get to our goal, then I'll take a certain percentage of the company or, or whatever. There's a whole bunch of different ways to get stuff done. It doesn't have to be expensive. And it's really a matter of having the right just finding the right people that are passionate about the things that you need in your in your business and also believe in what you're doing and where you're adding value back to them as well. That's really the key. Okay, cool. So
1: anyone listening now should be salivating mm-hmm. thinking, okay, here's a guy that really knows what he's talking about. He's not some guru on TV with his real estate course. Mike's going to share with you later. He does coach and mentor and train people and they have weekend seminars and things. So he's going to share his contact information with that. But... All of us know we should own real estate. We want passive income. We want properties. And Mike has already proven, as you're listening to this, that he knows what he's talking about and he's there to help. So you know, keep listening to the end of the episode and Mike will share his contact information. So, okay, Mike. So marketing. Podcasts all about marketing and, and focusing on how we market ourselves and our business. Can you share with us a success story, a, a marketing success that's working for you that you can share with us and we can learn from?
0: Sure. Well, first of all, I'm going to say that as an entrepreneur, we live in the absolute best times ever in the history to be an entrepreneur because so much stuff that used to be expensive is either free or very inexpensive now. So if we go back in time, probably about four years ago, for example, I used to speak across Canada and I had a pretty good following in in my country. I wasn't really known in the U.S. at all and I didn't really use technology nearly to the extent that I should have. And then I took a course, and I recommend this for every entrepreneur, Brendan Burchard. If you haven't heard of him, look him up. Go to Experts Academy. I love his stuff so much, I actually volunteer for him at his live events to help him out because I love his his stuff. One of the biggest takeaways I had from going to that event was that we can share our messages with the world for free. And so the best way to do that right now is YouTube. YouTube is owned by Google. And so when you shoot a video and a lot of people are terrified and I used to be terrified to make videos. When you share your message on YouTube, one, now you can have a bigger impact. You have people all over the world that will find you. And now all your stuff will rank higher because Google wants you to put as much content as possible on YouTube. And the more people are checking out your message, the uh, more Google is going to promote you. So one, it's free. Everybody's got, almost everybody has a smartphone on them. I've got an iPhone 6. That makes phenomenal video. I mean, five years ago, professional video wasn't as good as what you can do with your smartphone today. Right. So a lot of my clients, who I tell them, yes, go make videos. You do that for a couple of reasons. One is you can add value. You can take your message, you can share it and help other people. That's the most important thing. The second thing is people are going to obviously be attracted to you if you're giving them value. So now you've got clients. So the moral of the story for me was that I went from being you know well known in Canada, but not that well known anywhere else to having, you know, I've got clients all over the world that in countries I've never even been to yet that have found my, my videos. And, you know, almost every day I'll get a message from somebody saying, hey, you know, I watched this video and it was so helpful and it changed my, my way of thinking or my mindset or it just put me on a different path or it inspired me, whatever that is. You know, just being able to to do that. And, and a YouTube channel costs zero. A, a smartphone you probably already have. And a lot of my, my students, when I tell them you need to do this, a lot of times I'll say, oh, well, you know what? I'll do it when I get a better camera or when I get a better lighting or better microphone. Because I travel all the time, I shoot 99% of my videos with my iPhone. I have an external microphone, which I usually forget to bring with me. And guess what? The videos are fine. People don't really care so much about the quality. They care about the message and what you're sharing with them. So take advantage of the technology that's out there especially the stuff that's free. I mean, I remember back in the old days when I first started, I'm really dating myself here. I'd run classified ads in the newspaper. And then when I'd have a pager and I'd wait for the pager to ring, I had a roll of quarters and i go running to a payphone. <laughs> that cost a lot of money. I mean, in the, in the, this is in the 80s and 90s. And it if cost you hundreds If you couldn't of run to the payphone, you'd jump on your dinosaur and ride it. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. Pretty much. And so, you know, I used to spend hundreds of dollars and I would have to be very careful where I spent my money on marketing and advertising because if you ran an ad that didn't work, you'd lose money. Well, nowadays you can test a whole bunch of stuff. Put a whole bunch, I'd recommend putting out a new video at least once a week if you can. People will start to find you, and, and before you know it, all of a sudden you, you can have a following and it costs you no money. So take advantage of what's out there, use the technology to its fullest. And a lot of people, they spend a lot of money unnecessarily when there's a lot of free stuff you could be doing that will attract even better attention. And I'll never forget the first time. I ever had somebody enroll in one of my real estate courses and in the, the old days was always somebody who saw me live on a stage somewhere or they at least would have a conversation with me. they call me up and kind of ask me a few questions and make sure I'm legitimate. Well, because I have all these videos, a lot of people feel like they know you because they get to see your personality, they see what you're like, they get a feel for who you are, and they feel comfortable with you and, and I'll never forget the first time I woke up and I had seven thousand dollars in my bank account. I almost thought it was a scam, but I thought. That seems like a reverse scam. Usually they take <laughs> your money, they don't give you money. Right. So, it's just amazing what we can do today as entrepreneurs that was Just either cost prohibitive and not that long ago, I mean, just even what we're doing here, creating a a podcast over Skype in two different countries. This was science fiction not very many years ago. So everybody should really take advantage of what we've got at our fingertips and don't ever take it for granted. Be grateful we've got it and use it. Use it. That's the most important thing.
1: Absolutely. So just backing that up with what Mike's saying. So you might look at YouTube if you're a listener now saying, oh, my God, lighting, camera, Makeup looking good. I'm not, you know, I'm not a supermodel, looks or whatever, or I don't look like, you know, Cary Grant or whatever. It doesn't matter. So, the more real you are, the better. And I learned that from watching Gary Vaynerchuk when he did his show uh, Wine Library TV, you know, and he's built an entire empire by sitting at the desk with a Jets football helmet and drinking some wine and spitting it into a bucket. So Mike's right there. Now, if you're a little bit intimidated by YouTube and being on video, do what I do. Do a podcast. And again, if you're intimidated by doing a podcast, again, Mike's in a a friend's bedroom in Canada. I'm in my bedroom in Beverly Hills. I've got my $20 Apple iBud earphones in with the microphone, my MacBook. That's it. That's all we need. We don't need a whole studio. So if you think that you know YouTube's going to work great, get your iPhone out, like Mike says. If that intimidates you because you're having to have people look at you, do a podcast. If you need help with a setting up a podcast, email me, Paul at paulg.walmsley and I'll help you. Simple as that.
0: I just like to say that you know if you're intimidated by it, I used to be intimidated by it, but I just say get over it because you know if you're an entrepreneur, entrepreneurs every entrepreneur I know is heart center and they want to give back and they want to help other people. This isn't about you. You create these videos, not for you. You're creating it to help other people. And if you're, if you're not doing that, you're, there's so many people you're cheating out of the stuff that you've got in, in your mind right now that could help other people. So you've got to get your message out there and you're doing it for them. So just get, you have to just get over it. And so just start off with one video. These videos aren't very long. Most of my videos are under two minutes Just shoot a very quick video and and don't worry about getting the words right. Just be your authentic self. And it's just like, if if I met you at a barbecue and asked you a question, you're not going to say, oh, you know, I I take that back. I was, I I made all that up. I want to start over. Just speak as if somebody had asked you a question and just answer that question and forget the camera's even rolling. So you, you need to get your message out there. Just do it. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Okay, good. So, all right, moving on to the next question. This is one where we share a marketing setback. We don't call a mistake. So it's an idea that you have. We thought, this is going to be great. It's going to it revolutionize my business. It's the latest thing. I'm going to try this. And then you did it. It flopped. You learned a lesson. And then you moved on. So can you share one of those examples for us, Mike?
0: Yeah, well, for me, when it comes to the marketing, I'm, I'm a really big fan fan of being actually pretty cautious with it, to be honest with you. So when it's ever anything I'm going to spend money on, I'm always going to do split testing. I'm going to try something on a small scale first, see how that converts, see what kind of calls against me. And before I invest the big dollars, but back in my earlier days, when I decided I was going to put on some events of my own. I used to speak on pretty fancy stages for, you know, rich dad, poor dad, stuff like that. And they would invite me and they'd already have the crowd there. And I decided I want to do this for myself. So I remember I spent a whole lot of money on radio ads and generated very very few leads and then I, I really learned that spending lots of money isn't always the answer and, and really you need to test because had I tried maybe you know I, I did some more radio advertising later on in my career and it did work so but well, you can test the stuff see what, what converts and always let's say we're going to spend a lot of money on Facebook ads for example well test it in a small quantity first spend a small amount first if it gets you the result you want then, you know, amplify it, add some more money to it. But luckily, you know, I I learned from a few lessons when I was younger, you know, even doing the classified ads, they were expensive and sometimes they wouldn't get me any leads at all. And then I just change a few words or just change a look of it or, or, you know, move it from one newspaper to a different newspaper and it would convert a lot better. So always test your marketing before you go big. And so that's a lesson luckily I learned. So I haven't got hit with anything too crazy, but but really that came from from learning that you've got to test everything that you're going to do and don't ever make assumptions without, you know, it's, it's kind of funny a lot. I had a, a bunch of headshots taken and there was one that I really liked. And my assistant, she looked at it and said, I don't really like it at all. And she liked this other one. And I assumed everybody was going to love this picture. So I actually sent it out to a whole bunch of people and asked their opinion, which do you like better, A or B? And sure enough, they all picked what my assistant picked. So a lot of times we make assumptions based on our tastes and our, where we're coming from. And those assumptions are wrong. So don't always go with your opinion. Get other people's opinion. And that will save you a lot of headache and, and money in the long run.
1: Absolutely. So just a couple of things there to recap for Mike. He used the term split test. So if you're not familiar with what, what that means, is it's basically taking something. We'll use the example of the newspapers there. And taking an ad and saying, I'm going to put the exact same ad in newspaper A and the exact same ad in newspaper B. And I'm going to analyze the results and see which one of those two newspapers works best. And then if it's newspaper B, that's when you stop using newspaper A and put your advertising dollars into newspaper B. So that's kind of an old school kind of example. Might use Facebook there, and I'll give you an example. I did a Facebook campaign for a client of mine who was an acupuncturist, and we did the exact same ad, and the only thing we changed was the image So the headline, the body copy, the the call to action, the offer was exactly the same. And we had three different ads and each one had a different image. And we were in the reception of the office and the office manager said, well, that one's going to be the one that works. It's a better picture. It shows, you know, the lady in action doing her thing. And I said, well, let's see. And just like Mike said, the one we thought was going to work the best sucked, didn't work the best. It was the one that worked the least. And we would have never known that if we hadn't have tested it against the others. So it sounds a technical thing, split testing, but it's not. You just narrow down. So you're testing one variable, an image, a headline, a call to action, an offer, whatever it is. And you're just testing those against each other. You find a winner. And then as Mike said, once you've found the winner, you then can scale up and put your, your dollars into something that's proven that it's working. So that's a little definition of split testing there. Okay, Mike. So now moving on to the present day, what's the biggest marketing challenge that you're having now? Is it could it be technology? You know, you wake up in the morning, obviously you got all your systems in place, but obviously you're thinking about growing your business. And it comes to marketing. What's the biggest challenge you're facing at the moment?
0: Yeah, well, for me, technology is always going to be a problem because I'm not, you know, I, I love to take courses where I learn how to do this online marketing stuff. I'm never the guy who is turning all the dials and, flicking all the switches in the background. I I hire people to do all that stuff for me. So I take the things that are a challenge and take them and and turn them into a non-challenge. My biggest thing is is I'm really at a point in my life where I'm, you know, trying to give back as much as possible. I'm in, in a phase where I kind of want to leave a legacy. And so I'd like to really start a movement. I don't really know how to quite do that. And so what I've Done And that's why I run the Making a Difference group is I figure, well, if I can't figure it out myself yet how to make that happen using, you know, the resources I've got, I'd rather go and inspire, you know, 100 other entrepreneurs and let them do their thing and, and they'll pay it forward as well. And that's my little way of creating a movement. But I'd love to learn how, you know, some people can take an idea and totally, there's a certain word and I can't, it's yeah, not coming to my go, mind. But go viral where they go. go viral, on. yeah. I'd like to learn how to take something, an idea, make it go viral and just something really, you know, to help the, the make this a better planet. I love to help entrepreneurs. I'd love to, you know, one of the things I see is a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they get stuck and they struggle. And, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I can afford to go to some very high priced masterminds and go to a lot of courses where people inspire me and they teach me things. But I see a lot of people that don't have resources to do that. And that's why I do run that group is to inspire them. So that's kind of my makeshift way of creating a movement. But I know there's people that know how to do that better than I do. So I want to figure that out. So that's my challenge. Cool.
1: Cool. And one of the first things I always ask Mike when I meet him on the third Tuesday of the month is, what events have you been to since we last spoke? Uh He tells me the ones he goes to, and then I cheat. And I say, okay, what's the takeaway? And I, what's the takeaway from the Brendan one you went to, Traffic and Conversion Summit? And and I just, you know, you got to be a sponge. And uh, so I always ask my, you know, what's the biggest thing? And I remember you sharing something that Brendan Bashaw was talking about, and I was like, what on earth is that? And then the next time I saw him on one of his uh, videos, he was talking about it. So it's kind of cool that I got a little bit of insight there on, on what he was working on. So, okay, cool. So I'm just going to pay some bills, if that's okay. Michael, so okay. good. All right, cool. So when you're listening to this, obviously you're into technology, you use your smartphone, you use your laptop, you use your iPad. So you're familiar with that. And I'm sure you also use those devices to shop online. You may go to Target and buy household supplies. You may go and book a flight on Expedia. You may want to rent a car. You might want to take advantage of a Groupon deal or a living social deal. So each time you're online shopping, that's great, you're saving money, it's convenient. But I want to share a website with you, and it's called www.myownmoneyback.com. If you go to www.myownmoneyback.com, you'll see a, a website there and a green button in the middle. It says register for free. You hit the green button, you just put your email address in, make up a password. And then you're in an online shopping portal and you can then go to all the favorite stores you normally go to, your target.com, bestbuy.com, priceline.com, go exactly where you were going to go anyway, buy exactly what you were going to buy at exactly the same price, but because you've gone through this affiliate portal and I won't get into all the technology behind it, it recognizes that you, how you got there and it rewards you by paying you some of your own money back in a form of cashback every month into your PayPal account, your bank account, or a debit card. It's amazing. Once you've done it a couple of times, you'll never shop online in any other way. There'd be no need to. Why would you give your money to the big corporations and not get some of it back? So myownmoneyback.com. Click on the button in the middle of the green button. Register for free. Go buy something and you'll see what a cool system it is and, and it's great to get every month a little bonus and it's your money coming back to you. Okay, Mike, so we're going to go into the six pack round. This is a quick fire, bam, 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 bam. I'm looking forward to your answers here. So, are you ready? You bring it on. All right. So, first question is I know you've read a ton because you're always on a plane. What's the best marketing or best business book you've ever read?
0: That is a tough one because I have a lot of favorites. I love Millionaire Messenger, Brandon Burchard. I love Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Emeth, Michael Gerber, as you mentioned earlier, is, is great. Uh, Delivering Happiness, Tony Shea. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Keep, I've going, a, keep going. I've got a lot of favorites. Think yeah. and Grow Rich, of course, everybody. Oh, uh, the Devil is another great one. Four Hour Work Week, kind of funny because when I read it, I was already kind of living that. And right. I thought, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm not really that weird. There's other people that are doing this too. So, yeah, I was
1: listening to Tim Ferriss' podcast last night on a walk, and then this morning again, and I was thinking about you, because I was thinking the same, that yeah, I'm sure Mike's read this book, clearly.
0: Yeah, it was kind of funny, because I, like I said, I, I read it, and kind of gave me the feeling, hey, I'm not as weird as I thought I was, so mm-hmm. that's good. Those are some of my favorites, yeah. but I could I could certainly do a whole podcast just on books. So. Absolutely, absolutely. I was sat down with my 13-year-old daughter
1: last night, and I was showing her my book library, And she was looking at it and she's like, oh, my God, look at all those books. And I said, yeah, I've read them all clearly. And I said, I haven't learned 10 things from every book and I don't implement everything from every book, but I can pick any one of those books out and say, that's my takeaway from that book. And that was my takeaway from that book. And I may not necessarily have used it right away, but it's stored somewhere in the gray matter. Mm -hmm. And as you were just rhyming them off, I read exactly the same books and I'm like,
0: yep, boom, 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 all good stuff. So, well, you know what I mean? it's, It's such a great return on investment to be able to take somebody's knowledge for $20, even if you get one takeaway from a book, it could change your life. So I'm definitely an avid reader.
1: Absolutely. And with technology, again, as Mike said earlier, you know you go on Kindle, you pay 10 bucks a month to Kindle or something, and it's in unlimited downloads, unlimited. and it's, and you can borrow books from Kindle. You don't even have to buy them. It's nuts. It's crazy. Okay, so best marketing tool that you're currently using?
0: YouTube brings me the most revenue and gives me the biggest impact. And so I definitely have, that's hands down the best thing out there. All right, perfect. I think you say that. that was good. Best advice. So I, again,
1: it, whether I'm going to be a real estate investor or I am want to market my new CPA firm or whatever it is, what's the best marketing advice you could give?
0: Always start with the end in mind, meaning that if you're trying to create a lifestyle of freedom and that's your goal, make sure you're putting systems in place that will lead you there because otherwise your business will overtake you and you will take something that was your passion and it'll turn into a nightmare.
1: Absolutely. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. Now this is going to be a really tough one for you because you you're always at events and I and I sh- I asked this question with Ricky Powell and it blew his mind he couldn't come up with one because he'd been to so many events he didn't want to offend anyone because he didn't want to uh-huh. miss miss anybody out so it's going to be a tough one for you Mike but what would you say is the best or the best Best one or best few events that you've been to?
0: The event, everybody needs to go to Experts Academy by Brandon Burchard. If you're an entrepreneur, you have to go to that. Tony Robbins, Unleash the Power Within. Everybody needs to do that. And those are both not very expensive Courses. Brendan's is pro- I think it's around two thousand dollars. You get two tickets. And you get an online course that will blow you away. At least the Power Within is around a thousand bucks, if not less. Phenomenal. I'd say that everybody, absolutely everybody, should take. Those are the first two. I took my daughter. She's now twenty. Those are the two first events I took her to. Let me see if there's anything else. I mean, Date with Destiny is is phenomenal. That's six days of no sleep, wow. sleep deprivation. That's also Tony Robbins.
1: Okay. okay, Tony Robbins. Okay, good.
0: What else? If you're if you like to learn all this uh, marketing stuff, kind of from. Our a bird's eye view. I really enjoy things like traffic and Conversion Summit for a lot of people that's way too technical. You don't necessarily need to know it. I love to learn the stuff. I never apply it myself. I get other people to do it for me, but I love to learn it. You know, if you want something kind of more old school marketing, less less online and more, more some of the traditional marketing methods, you know, Craig Doeswalt Rockstar Marketing Bootcamp is really good. You know, there's there's just so many so many good ones though. I, I can't I don't even know where to begin. But if I could only if I had to pick my top two, definitely Experts Academy and Unleash the Power Within. And you put those two together, you'll be a different person after you take those two courses because one of them will really teach you how to take your business to the next level, and the other one will teach you to get over some of your mindset issues that are holding you back.
1: Okay, perfect. And, and another example of, of wanting to think big and wanting to be where Mike is when Mike was going to Traffic and Conversion Summit. I was with him on the Tuesday night. And he was going down to San Diego and he had a team there. He'd, he'd assembled a team of people that were going to be there with him. So he could, I'm assuming you could say, right, good, can we do that? Yeah, you get on with it. Can we do that? Are you going to, uh, is that what you did? You basically delegated? Absol-
0: absolutely. It. And, and not only that, you know, when I'm at an event that I learned something that I need to apply that I don't necessarily know how to apply. I'm always sending emails to the people who I know on my team that know how to implement this stuff. And I say, hey, right. can we do this? I just learned this. Let's do this. Right. And so I want to be able to be the captain of my ship and steer it in the right direction. But I'm going to have people way, way, way smarter than me making sure that we're staying afloat because I don't have the ability, the time, or I would probably be bald right now if I uh, tried to implement some of this stuff. <laughs> I would pull out my hair. So right. right. <laughs> well, that's and good. So I that's once good. And once again, it's really, you know, once again, it's about being congruent. And to me, I, I love to have my life stress-free. And so I know what things will cause me stress and trying to do this stuff will stress me out. But there's people that love that stuff.
1: And again, people listening to this might be thinking, wow, you know, could I, I can't go to an event and pay $2,000 and then take a team with me and delegate all that. That's way above what I'm doing right now. So you kind of get there, you know, as Mike said, you can go to these events and you buy a ticket and you can take someone else. So there you go, you've halved the cost, get the other person to chip in with you. You don't have to stay at the event hotel, you can stay down the street at a cheaper hotel. You don't have to have the big fancy meals, you can have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and a glass of water. So Mike's just given you two events to go to there, maybe you should consider going because he knows what he's talking about and they're people we've all heard of, so when you get a chance the next time to go to one of these events, as we've said in previous podcasts, just do it. Just get on with it. And if you can't necessarily go to it, almost all the events nowadays offer a live streaming or a, an online version or the Traffic and Conversion Summit they authorize were there's a team that goes and takes all the notes from the event and they package them up. They're approved by the event organizer and you can buy the notes for 37 bucks for two, well, three three days worth of notes of the latest technology for $37 delivered to you. They're actually better notes than you would make yourself. So I just signed up for one with podcasting. It's because of my situation with my family. It's on a weekend that I can't go. And that's out in, I think it's in Texas somewhere. But they offered an online version for $197 and you get every event, keynote, notes, Q&A sessions, the whole lot for 200 bucks. I don't have to pay for a flight, I don't have to pay for a hotel, I don't have to take time off work, so I'm still making it happen. So if you get a chance to go to an event and you can't afford it, you can't make it, what are the alternatives? And come up with some way of getting that valuable information. All right, so I think you've already answered question five, what's the best part about what you do, because... There's a whole bunch of cool things about what you do, but I'm assuming it's freedom and helping people. But just just show with us one more time what's the best part about being an entrepreneur and, and the way you're the, the way you're an entrepreneur specifically.
0: Yeah, well, for me, I think the biggest thing these days is that you know I'm in a position now where I can give back and help other people, and and the freedom is obviously very important. But really, it's just being able to. To, you know, see changes, uh, transformations in other people's lives, the people that I've been able to, you know, help and impact and there's no better feeling. And so, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I used to have to have all the toys and I, I realized that, you know, after two weeks, those toys don't really get you excited anymore because your neighbor gets a better boat than you. and Now, you feel like, Oh man, that sucks. Mm-hmm. And you're always keeping up with the Joneses. And when you get out of that mode and you get into give back mode, it, it's a much different feeling. And so, I think that's the biggest thing is just being able, knowing that I can help other people and inspiring them once again. You know, I'm loving the fact that it's so easy to share your message these days and, and empower other people and, and know that if you can make a difference in their life, they're going to pay that forward. And who knows how many people you're, you're helping in the future that you'll never even get to meet.
1: Absolutely. And when, we, when Mike puts these events on here in Beverly Hills, we, you know, we do the meet and greet, chatting away and everything. And then we sit around the fire pit and Mike just asks each one of us to share your story a little bit and what you do. And so that gives us ideas that we can work with each other. And then he always says, right, you know, does anybody want to share right now a, a pressing challenge or problem or a situation? You know, we've got entrepreneurs around here, throw it out there and let's see if we can come up with an answer, a solution or another different perspective and, and that's really cool because that person who throws out the situation gets some help, but we all learn from it as well. And, and obviously, Mike will learn also. So there's another example. You may be in the middle of a city that doesn't have an event like what Mike puts on. Reach out to Mike or, or take a look at what he does there and put on a meetup group yourself. Even if it's only six people show up once a month and you just hang out and it'll go to six to eight to 10 to 12. You know, sometimes at Mike's event, we have 10 people. Sometimes we have... 40, 50 people. You never know, but it's always worth going to. Always cool people there. All right, Mike, number six. I have this question in here just to see what comes out. Sometimes there's some great stories. What's the craziest business idea you've ever had?
0: I think they're pretty boring, actually. I remember I was in junior high living in Canada you guys in the States always had way better stuff than us, like food stuff. And so I remember my, my grandparents lived in Brooklyn, New York. And so I'd go visit them and they'd have this bubblicious stuff and bubble yum. Remember all that? Mm-hmm. And we didn't have that yet. And so I actually started importing gum to my friends in junior high school till the principal told me I wasn't allowed to anymore. And, and I got cut off. My business got shut down. So I learned at an early age that sometimes entrepreneurs run into red tape. That was probably my craziest venture. Not that it's all that crazy, but that was kind of my uh, early entrepreneur days, put it that way. So you,
1: but you, so you obviously didn't learn how you could kind of give the principal a backhander and grease the wheels and <laughs> smuggle the gum into, into
0: the company. Man, I wish I would have known you when I, when I was <laughs> doing that. <laughs>
1: I've watched a few shows on Netflix that teaches that. <laughs> all right. So this has been a great interview. Obviously, now you all know why I was really keen to get Mike on the show for us. But there's so many ways Mike can help you. And I want to pass it over to Mike now to share with us all his contact information, what he can do for you, the things he's, he's working on that's exciting to him, and again, how to reach out to him. And obviously, you've got to reach out to Mike Wolf and, and learn from him and ask him to teach you, to train you, to mentor you, and however he can. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Mike, to share your contact information and, and how you can help
0: people. Sure. Well, my main website is called MikeWolfMastery.com. So it's M-I-K-E-W-O-L-F Mastery.com. And there's a lot of stuff on real estate. There's a lot of stuff on mindset. There's a lot of stuff on entrepreneurship on there. You can also email me at MikeWolf1, M-I-K-E-W-O-L-F, the digit one at Shaw, S-H-A-W dot C-A for Canada. And, you know, for your, for your listeners, what I'd like to do is, you know, you're mentioning a lot of times that, you know, to me, I, I think of $2,000 for a seminar as inexpensive. Maybe I'm spoiled, but... You know, a lot of times I can get free tickets to certain events. Like Craig Deswalt, who I mentioned earlier, he's a good friend of mine. I can get people free tickets to his Rockstar Marketing Bootcamp. And you know, one of my other mentors, James Malinchak, I can get people in for free to some of his marketing events. So if there's if there's any events you want to go to, a lot of them are in L.A., not all of them, but a lot of them are. If there's something you want to go to, just let me know. I'd be happy to try and get you free tickets. I can get discounted tickets sometimes to you know Brendan because I volunteer for him. I can get, get discount tickets to a lot of different things. A lot of people that are my friends put on events And sometimes I just want to fill the seats. So yeah, reach out to me. I'd be happy to help you. If there's any questions you have either on, you know, real estate investing, entrepreneurship, whatever, I'm always happy to help. And of course, everybody's welcome to come to Making a Difference the third Tuesday of every month in uh, LA. Send me an email and I'll send you all the details for that.
1: All right, perfect. So thank you. First of all, thank you for those generous offers. And I'm looking at that. I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe I could reach out to Mike and maybe he'd save me 500 bucks on an event or in that same effort that you're going to put in to reach out to Mike and say, can you get me a free ticket or or discount? Why not reach out to Mike and say, can you share with me how to set up a making a difference kind of event in my hometown? And that'll generate and pay much more than, you know, saving 500 bucks. But yeah, reach out to Mike. That's a fantastic offer there, Mike. Thanks very much. And you've got his information. I'm always
0: always happy to help uh, anytime.
1: Cool. So you've got his contact information. So many nuggets came out of this interview. I'm almost tempted to splice it in two and have part one, part two. There's so many good things, and again, you all realize why I, I was sucking so and getting Mike onto the show. So, Mike, I really want to thank you not only for the episode today, but I want to thank you for making a difference. I want to thank you for every time I've reached out to you and asked for help or run an idea by you. You've always been available to me. So, again, thank you very much. Real guy, real entrepreneur, very successful, down to earth. And again, Mike, thanks very much for your help.
0: Oh, thank you, and thank thanks for thanks so much for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure to be here, and I'd be happy to come back anytime if, as a guest. I'm always available for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thanks very much, Mike. Cheers. Okay. So there you have it. You now have work to do. Drop everything and implement at least one of the strategies you've heard. No, really. If you don't take action right away, it won't happen. Visit Paul's website at www.paulgwamsley.com for more free training and resources. And email him at paul at paulgwamsley.com with any questions or challenges.